0: In today's episode, what operators need, the new normal in oil and gas, and sidestepping dispatch.
1: Oil and gas has always challenged technology. Now it's time for tech to challenge back. Come hear how the best minds in the industry are making those solutions a reality on the Oil & Gas Technology Podcast with your host, Mark LaCour.
0: Hey, folks. Before we get to today's guest, just real quick, if you want to support this show, leave a review. It's the number one way to support this show and our eight other oil and gas podcasts. We got a one in from SVP, I've been in this industry for 19 years and just learned that IBM does, doesn't not make personal computers or server anymore. Love the tech podcast for this exact reason. I learned things that help me run business units. I am not in IT, but this show and all and guests this week keep me current and informed. Please keep up the great work. And we will absolutely keep up the great work. So if you want a big shout out, just leave me a review and I'll read it on the air. And. If you like, don't like something that we're doing, you can go ahead and let me know that in the review as well. So Nutanix is what keeps the lights on. So big shout out to them for sponsoring the show. If you need help modernizing your data center and running applications at any scale on-prem or in the cloud, these are the people you want to talk to. And I'm so lucky today. I have Sean Martins on the mic with me today. How you doing today, Sean? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Mark. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. And before we get to your story real quick, you don't sound like you're from West Texas.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not. I'm from the, from the North of you guys. I'm from based out of Edmonton, Alberta. Yeah.
0: It's a beautiful part of Canada when the weather's nice.
2: Yeah, yeah. Those the the two months we get a year. It's beautiful. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the funny thing is, I brought uh, Paige Wilson a few years ago to, to Calgary, where, where I spoke at Geo Convention, and it was May and it snowed. And she goes, "What the hell is going on here?" I go, "No, this is normal. This is, this isn't abnormal. This is normal." So if you only grew up in you know the south part of the U.S., the rest of the world gets snow a lot more than you think it does.
2: Yeah, I'll give you a good story. I, this winter, I was running around doing some onboarding and implementing. One day, I was in Lloyd Minister, Alberta, and it was minus. Forty-eight degrees Celsius, coldest place on Earth, and I'm not joking. You, I drove from Lloyd to Calgary to do a, a couple other meetings, and it was minus forty-nine. So that, I was back to back coldest places on Earth. So yeah, that's cold uh,
0: enough to be dangerous.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, You can't be outside. It's you know, rig shut down and everybody shuts down. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and speaking of rig shuts down, it's really cool. So you have a little company called Iron Sight. What does Iron Sight do?
2: Yeah, so Iron Sight, it's a cloud-based system. It's for EMP companies and service providers to connect and and manage their field services. So, you know, EMPs use it to manage and to bridge the gap, you know, if there's any kind of concerns or scheduling concerns with their service providers and service providers are obviously seeing and kind of reacting to the demand. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And it's cool though, because I I love your backstory. You actually started out in the vacuum truck market, didn't you?
2: Yeah. So we have Adam and I, that's the other co-founder, have quite the unique background Adam's a production engineer by trade, you know, worked for a big EMP companies, you know, mechanical engineer from, from the University of Alberta. And myself, I'm actually an electrician. So I worked for, you know, a service company, got my, you know, went through the whole trade. And then I ended up working for a large EMP company based out of Houston, worked for them for about seven, eight years. And uh, Adam and I came together kind of entrepreneurial at heart. And we started a service company. So, you know, back trucks and, you know, water haulers and, you know the industry you know that that industry is not changing we've tried to do a little bit of forward thinking and we went ahead and designed an in-house software that was 2014 2017 we we decided actually figured out that our clients liked our software more than <laughs> our actual services right so spun that out moved the heavy units and everything out of the company and then we stood up what we called Ironsight we landed our our first client and yeah we haven't looked back so team based out of Edmonton here, and we're up to 14 employees. So went from hiring, you know, back truck or water haulers to uh, software engineers and, and product guys. So it's good.
0: What a great story! What a great pivot, right? A lot of people would have kept trying to handle the heavy haul and stuff, but y'all saw the need on the software side, so you just pivoted. I love those type of stories. I, you know, we've done that several times ourselves when we start out doing one thing and we see that something else is working better, and it just it makes sense. But it always amazes me the people in the companies that don't make that pivot, that don't see that right in front of them. they're they they have something better, but they just, they, they continue to do what they've always done. So was it, was it a little bit of a scary risk when y'all decided to get rid of all the trucks?
2: Yeah. Like define scary, Mark, right? <laughs> we, this is first, 2014, right? Yeah, or 2017. Well, two, yeah. Well, 2014, it's a funny story. Our first ever job as a, as a service company, we went and did the work and we were so happy and, you know, we were all out there and we, it went really well and and we have that field ticket. So we, we you know, you take out your handwriting and write it out we have that in our office now in Edmonton that day oil dropped 10%. So define scary. Right. we've been on this, you know, everybody tells us there's better times and and we truly believe it looks like there's some brighter times ahead of us maybe, but yeah, I mean, moving over from that, but you know, Adam and I have always just been resilient guys and, and we understand it. And in our background that, I mean, that's what stands us apart from, From all of our other competitors or, you know, maybe why we're a bit even niche. We understand the pains. We've always listened to our clients. It allows us to really know what they're talking about. And when we go out and, and, you know, we don't hire, you know, a salesman. We hire like industry people who can go out and have a knowledgeable conversation with a drilling superintendent or an operations superintendent. So they kind of understand their pains and we're there to solve it. So, yeah, yeah, it's been good.
0: You touched on something earlier that is a pain in everybody's butt, is field tickets. And I've seen many, many companies come into this industry and try to fix that, and they don't understand the industry, and they don't understand that sometimes the paper field ticket is the right way to track something. Now, most of the time it's not, but you know, when you put pen on paper, there's no spark. <laughs> there's no chance of anything <laughs> catching on fire. There's nothing that needs to be intrinsically safe. But the thing about field tickets is it slows everything down. And if you're a comptroller or a CFO and all I guess, you have something called day sales outstanding, which is vital to you. And so if if you can get rid of just the field tickets, you can decrease that day sales outstanding dramatically. And I love what y'all are doing with your, with your software as a service in that you're connected Connecting The people that need stuff with the people that have stuff, but you're doing it in the app, which just makes it intuitive and easy. How deep do y'all go in those type of scenarios? So if I'm a, if I'm an operator and I need, and I'm going to make something up. I need a bulldozer. Can I actually go on the app, get a bulldozer, you know, set up payment terms and everything. And then the bulldozer shows up at my job site.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Essentially there's a bit of pre-work to do that, but yeah, that operator would fire in a request into the, into what we call the dispatch hub. That can either go directly into the service company, into their queue, or into like the oil company's queue where they're actually making those decisions, right? We give them that we we work, we support a couple different workflows. So the opportunity to kind of be in charge of what's happening in your field so you have a person kind of running that. But yeah, essentially you fire that in, they come in, they do the work. That whole time, you know, we use the GPS and the phones so you can that operator can then track and see where his service is coming he can actually chat with the operator of that bulldozer so you know we always try to keep simple at heart so no more going through a company dispatch to a to a liaison to that right now it's like direct communication let's be very specific about what we're trying to do and what do I believe and we believe every by doing that you know you're keeping things simple you're actually saving money and you know you're doing a lot more work with less people and yeah, it just streamlines everything.
0: Yeah, it also makes things safer, right? So somebody's not woken up at 3 in the morning and have to go roll a truck because somebody forgot to bring a generator somewhere. So you have less people operate, which means you have less accidents, which just makes it safer for everybody.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we proven facts. You know, we work for some of the biggest oil and gas producers in the world and proven fact that they are managing their field services much more efficiently, less overhead But actually doing, which allows them to do a lot more work. So in the long run, actually service companies, you know, you might be sitting there wondering like, oh my God, like, no, actually you're just going to, you might, you're just going to do maybe a bit more work because they're being more efficient. So yeah, it it allows for that for sure. And we have results, proven results of doing that now.
0: Yeah. So if I go on the other side, so not the operator side, but on the service company side, is there any, any criteria to be part of your platform? And what if I'm a small rental place and I have, you know, gen sets and light poles, do, do I reach out to you and say, Hey, I want to be part of what you're doing?
2: Yeah. So not, no, not essentially. Like we're not this true. Like you guys had a, a company called hitched on here before, you know, right. they're doing that we're, we are more, we, we work with the EMP companies first and, and they'll say, okay, onboard these service companies. Gotcha it doesn't have to be in any specific order, but these are the companies that work for us. You know, they handle the MSAs, they handle rates and we don't want to take that relationship from service company to EMP. Like in certain scenarios, we definitely are doing that. And like billing is actually flowing through us and we, you know, we're paying the service riders and getting paid from the EMPs, but there's still that relationship there. And, and, uh, yeah. So we don't want to be that massive marketplace, but all of our scenarios, Mark, it's always been, uh, you know, onboard these folks for these services. And then we kind of onboard and implement them. And then from there, it's super easy. A request from that operator we talked about just fires right into their dispatch hub and on iron sites uh, on the cloud and they're off and running.
0: Yeah. So if I'm an operator, you basically help me work more efficiently with my current vendors. Am I pretty close?
2: Exactly. Yep. Couldn't say it better. Yep.
0: Yeah. And I love that. And so you're in Canada, but you're doing business in Canada and in the U.S., right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're just standing up into the Bakken Basin, Wyoming, and then we'll be down in the Permian in the next six to eight months. This is what we've been told with a couple of our clients.
0: Perfect. That's that's awesome. And so- You have to drive cost savings, but at the same time, it's a change, right? And and our industry historically doesn't like change. Do you have people that actually push back on you a little bit because now you're using an app? You have people like my age, like the (laughs) 55-year-old going, what is this app thing going on? Or do people just immediately see the value?
2: Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, we've onboarded well over 8,000 individual users. So, you know, that bulldozer operator, that operator, you know, we've seen two flip phones, In that time, (laughs) we've seen, we've seen people accusing me personally of me trying to steal their credit card information, which we don't, we don't even take it. Uh, We've kind of seen it all, Mark. It's been a wild ride, but I would say now more than ever, people kind of just when as we get better to like demo our product and as we get better to implement and make it easier for everybody, people kind of, you know, after the first day or two are kind of like, huh. Why didn't I think of this, or or hey, this is pretty easy, you know, coming from our background, you know uh, being in the field as a guy who's used those type of tools and the different you know field digital field ticketing tools, we make it very user friendly so like large buttons and very easy colors to be around, and yeah, so uh, it's been a challenge to say the least, but I would say now more and ever it's becoming easier and and people I say, like that's the buzzword always, right? Let's go digital. Let's go digital. So I, I, you know, when the CEOs are saying this and Wall Street saying, you guys need to return and we need to do more with less and it's becoming a bit easier to adopt for sure, Mark. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a great time. I mean, it's, it's a horrible time what's going on in 2020, but it's a great time for you to bring something new because the new normal in oil and gas is, is efficiencies. Anything you can do to drive efficiencies is going to be adopted. And we have this new younger workforce, which are much more open to new technologies, new workflows, new processes. So, an operator brings you on board, you help them work and manage their vendors more effectively, but there has to be some good analytics that that you can pull out of this as well. You should be able to see all kinds of cool stuff that normally with paper field tickets, you wouldn't, nobody would even notice.
2: Yeah. So that's the difference. That's why we're niche. That's why we get it. So that individual job, we're going to go back to that bulldozer example, that individual job, we have 38 data points. So for You know, we have clients that have well over 2 million individual jobs and we have 38 data points per. So, you know, we know when they start to the second, we know when they stop to the second, you know, we know the date, the time, the weather, we transpond like driving habits we do. So, yeah, I mean, so there's our data. You could see where we're going. We have a really good AI ML team that, you know, we're starting to investigate the data and actually moving towards, you know, being like the, the algorithm being part of it where it's forecasting your workloads is forecasting the amount of units you're needing into the field yeah definitely We, we collect just a ton of data and we're learning you know guys that you know we're learning we get we have a lot of good advisors and people helping us and like yeah, we have a great data set and it's very usable. So,
0: yeah, somewhere in the future that data is going to be super valuable to to both y'all for, as as a way to help predict stuff for your clients and but also for the operators. They it to help drive them more efficiently. Things like project managers, project managers probably would love to have access to, to those all that data to see, you know, does this company perform better in the snow than this company? Or does this company you know, take more man hours to do this than this company? And, and it what a cool idea. So the other thing I got to talk a little bit about is, you know, one of the things that just a few years ago, nobody in oil and gas knew what cybersecurity was. Now the business understands what cybersecurity is. I'm sure you will have cybersecurity baked in from the beginning.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We learned very quickly to work for these big, massive corporations, right? And, and like I said, we work for the biggest oil and gas companies in the world. You don't pass their vulnerability testing. You know, we've gone through weeks of testing. And, you know, one example is somebody put in like, I think, they tried to hack the system with like 58,000 requests in a second. They built a bunch of tests and tried to crash. And, you know, so yeah, we've passed all of those with flying colors. And then what we do, like there's always learning. So we kind of take the learnings from each client and and then we stand it up and implement it into our day-to-day business. But yeah, cybersecurity is number one is what we do. and. And it's very valuable and we take it dear to heart. Yep.
0: Yeah. We've had a denial of service attack ourselves and it's, it was really funny. I I never thought about smart appliances, but this denial of service attack that we had, a lot of the traffic was generated by smart appliances like refrigerators and stuff. Cause they ran a thin version of windows XP and it's like, who would have ever thought somebody would hack a refrigerator to then go try to attack, you know, a site? That's just crazy world we That's the type of stuff in, that you have to deal with. So, Sean, how do y'all how do y'all actually sell this? Is this software as a service? Is this something that sits behind a firewall on your customer's prem?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, right now we're software as a service. We are integrating more and more into you know the large firms on the service provider side because of the field ticketing and you know the the ability to spin of a button, you can download all your invoices and, and start billing. So we're doing some integrations there on, on both sides. But as of right now, we definitely set in the cloud and software as a software as a as a service for sure. Yeah.
0: And then connectivity, you know, one of the things about our industry is you tend to be in the middle of nowhere and you tend to not have connectivity. Does our site work with no connectivity? Does it just catch the data until it can talk again?
2: That's right. Yeah. So it's called offline. Yeah. We've introduced that about six months ago. It's something that is, you know, always at the forefront. It's always going to be a problem. You know, I don't want to give excuses about, hey, it was like that before. So we we really work on our, our offline capability, and all it needs is, you know, here's the job I need you to go do this work. And if you're driving and going through mountains, or if you're going through bad service, it definitely works. And then as soon as it gains connectivity, it updates your GPS and your updates your field ticket you did, and updates everything there. So you're always kind of online, but offline if that makes
0: sense yeah no it, it makes total sense it's one of the things i've seen you know i have a lot of tech companies that are outside of oil and gas approach me for things and they always have some cool tools and processes to show me but but they, they don't understand the industry and i don't know how many times i have to explain that you're not going to have lte connectivity where somebody's drilling well most probably you know and it's and if you don't understand that same way with having a really cool app on the on the jobs on the well site you can't walk out on a well site with an iphone or you're not supposed to anyway, you know, it has to be an intrinsically safe device. And so it's just really cool to see some technology come from inside our industry with people like you and your other founder that have domain expertise in oil and gas. That's the problem that a lot of the big tech companies have. They just don't understand the nuances of our industry.
2: Yeah, definitely. I I can tell you an instance or an example of why maybe we are a bit different and you coming from experiences, Mark. So every oil and gas operator, they have SCADA, right? If you have remote systems and yeah, so that's a data capture, right? That's exactly what. And so we've we've came to the idea about a year ago and said, "Well, that SCADA system's already giving you the tank levels." Huh. Okay, we know the industry. I'm an electrician by trade, so i worked on a ton of SCADA systems. Well, that's going into the cloud. Okay. Well, why can't we just flip a node into IronSight, say, tanks at 70%, I need a tank truck." Okay. So we started implementing this. And, you know, when you talk about like digitizing your operator or, you know, removing that little bit of human interface and, and, you know, not needing to have that guy or that individual in the field put that request in, like we're doing that. So that's a one way that, you know, that a bit niche of systems and, you know, we can connect into your any SCADA system and any kind of alarm. So we've seen it as far as, you know, a line heaters out or a pump tripped or, you know, I need an electrician or I, right. So, you know that's something we're doing for sure to to digitize that front end and and remove that human interface
0: yeah yeah and People are going to laugh. They're to listen to this, but you'd be surprised how much of these type of logistics is handled via email and stuff oh. gets lost. I mean, you have these huge email chains that, you know, 37 people are copied on that don't need to be copied on it. And you have to read it, even though you may not have to do anything because you won't take a chance that you might miss something. And just to be able to get rid of that in itself has to be a, a relief.
2: Oh yeah. So that prime example, like I love going back to references. So Consultant on a drilling rig, right? You're sitting there. I need a vac truck or I need, I need a water truck for tomorrow at nine o'clock. Well, rig's having problems. You know, the night shift is, goes on to that request. So he, he's onto it. It's all digital through the app and through the, through the store. He goes in and, oh, I need it now at 11 o'clock. So by doing that, he updated the service provider and the individual who's assigned to that. He just got to know, oh, I don't need you on location till 11. If you think about what that, what it took before, right? You would have had to <laughs> wait till morning, call dispatch. Maybe you forget, right? Because it's such a that's such yep. a small part of a drilling rig operation, but you're wasting money. So now, he, by him doing that, he updated not only his, you know, maybe the day shift guy, the service company, the actual operator, and then everybody's just, oh wow! So uh, what took ten seconds now? Now before would have took maybe. Four emails
0: back and forth, right? Oh, you're being nice. So the reality is, you would have had to wait till morning. You would have had to call dispatch if you know the dispatch number. They would have gotten on a 450 radio. Hopefully, the crew that's in the truck has the radio on the squelch turned down. They have to radio the crew, right, and tell them, oh, you have to be two hours later or two hours earlier or whatever. And it's just full of opportunities for errors i mean it's just and i've seen it over and over and over again so to, to eliminate those errors just that is huge and to not have to worry about calling dispatch or let's say you're in a part of the country that you're not familiar with and people who think i'm making this up used to carry all these paper directories so okay. if i needed yeah if i needed a, a vac truck in north dakota and i've never been there had these paper catalogs my back of my truck that I start calling people and I may spend six hours trying to find a vac truck. Yeah. It's cool to see you come in and fix all those little things that for years I've always looked at, especially in the field, it's like, man, how do we make any money? You know, but to your point, you're now eliminating all that and eliminating the errors. And you're doing it securely. So I just think it's what a, what a great idea. And I do love the fact that y'all pivoted that, you know, that you saw that the market potential here. So Sean, what's the future going to look like for y'all? Where, where are y'all going with this?
2: Yeah. So like I said, we we continue to expand in, the, in Canada and in the in the basins that we're working in right now. Excited about the North Dakota, the Bakken stuff. That, that's very exciting. I'm actually heading down there next week to do some onboarding and implementing with a big client of ours. I'll be down there for a couple of weeks. So that's very exciting. Good for y'all. You, you know, the big one, probably, Mark, I want to talk about a little bit and, and get people thinking was, we now have this ability. So we have this platform where we, we're connecting, you know, the demand and the service and it's going really well. So we start talking to our clients and we listen to them. And and as a guy coming from the service side, you knew you there was a little bit, always a bit of fat there. Like if you can work for one company and then later that day you can go work, you can charge. So what we said was, wow, like, you imagine a, you know, let's call them EMP operator one and EMP operator two. Wells are right beside each other. We now know if they're Ironsight enabled, so if, they, if they've adopted and they're a subscriber to Ironsight, they could now share that same resource that's on wow. wells that are a mile apart. So if you, I mean, you talk about changing the game and you talk about, you know, doing a lot more with less, you know, that's a great. Way to lower your costs and 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 doing it through a third party secure system where there 's no biasy or nothing, you know just all we want to do is make people are happy and and clients we need to, we want them to do their work in the most efficient way so sharing peer to peer is happening. I can tell you right now, so if there 's people that are listening like. This isn't something we're working on. This is going to be happening in, the, hopefully, in a territory near you. So
0: That is awesome, Sean, because I've been saying this for years. So for a long time, we've shared HS&E data, right? We've, we've yeah. shared the root cause because we want everybody to be safe, even our competitors. But we never shared operational data. Now, I love that idea that two operators who may compete can still share resources, and it lowers the cost for both of them. But for the service company, it's more revenue. So it's a win-win all the way around.
2: Yeah. I'm glad you said that, Mark. Right. So you see that right away as a service company, you might be listening to this and being like, Oh God, Sean, like what is Ironside doing? Like you're going to wreck my, no. Well, I look at it as you're going to get a better utilization on that piece of equipment. You're going to go from working eight hours for operator one. Well, now maybe you're going to work six hours and you're going to work three hours for operator two and you're going to be more efficient. So you're actually making them happy. You're, You're appeasing your clients. And if you adopt it, right, like use it to your advantage, you're going to get, yeah, you might not have, you might not have 100 trucks out in the field that day, you're going to have 88, let's just say, but they're being utilized way more. It's actually, you're doing a lot more work revenue than with less equipment. So you know, your maintenance costs and Everything like that goes down. So I'm glad you've seen that right away because that's that's our goal.
0: Yeah, if you're a service company, your utilization on your tools and your equipment is, is what makes you money. And if and game, if you yeah. can drive that utilization rate up, I mean, you'd be crazy not to do that. That is, That is so cool. I, I love that idea. And as an industry, I love the fact that you know we're starting to collaborate more because we need to unfortunately we need to wind the show down i could spend another half hour talking about this but time to start winding it down this is the point of show we do our product reviews if you have a tech product you want me to review just send it to me and i'll review it you know the deal if i think it's awesome i'll say it's awesome if it's not awesome i'll say that as well but please people little gadgety stuff i don't i can't really review your mud pump or your air compressors so a company called celestron sent me a travel telescope And I didn't know there was a such thing as a travel telescope. This thing has a 70 millimeter lens, so it gathers a lot of light. I'm not an astronomy type of person, but I actually set this thing up last night. We had clear skies. It was incredible. It's not expensive at all. It's $86.80. The link is in the show notes if you you want to go check it out. But if you, for some reason, need a portable telescope, here's one you might want to check out. And then you've heard me talk about the street team. Go to Facebook. Just search for OGG and Street Team. Join it's our all-volunteer group. We ask you to help us with our social media. And whenever life gets back to normal and we start doing our live events, you get to go to our live events for free. And whenever the conferences start again, you get to join us at a conference as part of our press team. And then finally, Nutanix, besides sponsoring our show, is letting everybody take a chance to win this really cool JBL Flip 4 Bluetooth speaker. So I can't enter, but Sean, you can enter if you want to. And audience, you can enter. We give away one a week. Go to the show notes. Click on the link. Put your information in. And if you don't win, register again next week. And then while you're online, go to the website. Give us your email address. We promise never to spam you. Just how we let you know what cool things are going on. And then join our LinkedIn page, our LinkedIn group. Our LinkedIn page is pushing 50,000 members. It's crazy. Sean, this has been awesome. I, I love what y'all are doing with this, and I, I wish you a bunch of success. What I want to do is I want to give it some time, like six months or so, and I want to come back and get you back on the show and maybe talk about what you have going on in the U.S. at that time. But if people wanted to learn more about your company, where should they go?
2: Yeah, so best place to go to his website, so Ironsight, I-R-O-N-S-I-G-H-T, so Ironsite.ca, yep. we have a really good LinkedIn presence. Like you just kind of mentioned, we're we're building that up, you know, deploying and letting know features, and you know, getting a lot of feedback, and so we're really scaling that up for sure. And following us on LinkedIn would be a great resource for everybody. Yeah,
0: LinkedIn is great. I just keep waiting for Microsoft to turn the algorithms down, but they haven't so far. So we get we get great reach on LinkedIn. And then if people speaking of LinkedIn, if people want to learn more about you personally, I'm guessing LinkedIn's the best place.
2: Yeah, Sean Martins, and Martins is M A R. T-E-N-S. So.
0: Yep. And, and folks, we'll put links to all this in the show notes. So depending on if you're on Android or iOS, you can swipe up or left. And you can see the links. You just click on them. Sean, this has been awesome. Thank you for sharing some of your story with myself and my audience. I wish you much success. And like I said, I'm going to come back in six months, and we're going to get you back on the show and, and see what's going on with you. But – Sincerely, Thank you for coming on, especially during this crazy point in history that we're, we're in right now. It's just nice to have a, a nice conversation with you.
2: Yeah, no, Mark. I really appreciate your time. And yeah, thank you.
0: Yep. So folks, we are making sure that you don't get left behind one episode at a time. And here are the events on deck. Hey,
1: everybody. Alex here with the events on deck. So due to current circumstances, of course, we are not able to have any in-person events. So I have nothing of that nature to update you guys on. But we have been hosting some virtual events. So OGGN is wanting to offer free webinars, live happy hours, etc. during this time. Since these events are not scheduled out as far in advance as in-person events, we would like to keep you guys updated via Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. So be sure to keep checking up on that and we'll keep you guys posted on anything we're offering it has been free we want to offer you guys value during this time that we're all at home so please continue checking in and joining us for these virtual events we are looking forward to seeing you guys whenever we're able to have in-person events and hope you're staying safe and sound check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of oil and gas temp podcast a production of the oil and gas global network Learn more at OGGN.com.